We shouldn't talk about this may contain graphic descriptions and or explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. I'm Key. And I'm B. And this is We Shouldn't Talk About This. Hello, Key. Hi, V. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing well also. I am rip-roaring and ready to go on this story, even though my person is a... He isn't even a sphincter. He is far beyond that. Do you know what an incel is? I don't know what an incel is. Okay, well, that makes me happy for two reasons. One, because that means you don't classify yourself as an incel. Which means, two, you're not on the internet searching for incel groups. So, incels are people who have coined themselves as involuntarily celibate. So mm-hmm. in cell okay. and they feel like society owes them sex basically because they in their eyes are extremely good people mostly men because you know I don't know what's wrong with you guys but like really really they can't get girlfriends even though they're like the most awesome guys in the world according to themselves and they're being forced by society to be celibate, even though they don't want to be. And my guy was an incel. Well, I am interested to hear about how awful this dude is and what he does. Yeah, well, the theme for today is manifestos. And honey, he left a manifesto. And I take it your person did as well. Oh, yeah. So um, you said your story isn't quite that long. So do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. Gather around, children. It's time for a telecrime. Sing Hu Cho was born January 18, 1984. He was eight years old when his family immigrated from South Korea to the United States where they ran a dry cleaning business in Virginia. Inside Centralville, Virginia, Chu was a shy child who liked basketball and did well in math. But he was also bullied by the other children, including wealthy members of his church. In high school, Chu became sullen and aloof. After graduating in 2003, he went to study at Virginia Tech University, located in Blacksburg, Virginia, the school has an extensive campus with more than 30,000 students. Wow, I didn't know it was that big. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty, pretty massive. Chu set out as a near silent loner who wrote gruesome poems, stories, and plays. He sometimes referred to himself as question mark. One professor, poet Nikki Giovanni, had him removed from her class for disturbing the other students. There was something mean about this boy, she said. She said that he was a bully, always 
came into class wearing sunglasses and a hat, which she always asked him to remove. Cho was also caught photographing the legs and knees of female students in his class. Now that's weird. Oh, yeah. Other members of the English department faculty were concerned about him as well. Lucinda Rowe, the co-director of the school's creative writing program, took him out of class and tutored him individually. She also encouraged Cho to get counseling. In addition, in addition to his odd behavior in dark writings, Cho exhibited other potential warnings. He was twice accused of stalking female students in 2005, but neither victims filed charges. A suicidal statement by Cho to a roommate led to him being taken to a psychiatric psychiatric hospital in December of that year. He was soon released with orders to receive therapy as an outpatient. Documents released in June 2007 indicate that he did attend at least one court-ordered counseling session at the Cook Counseling Center. Cho bought his first handgun and purchased his second one soon after. From evidence found in his dorm room, it was clear that he began planning the assault on his fellow students and faculty for quite some time. Now, during what happened is Sung Eun Cho sent a package to NBC News with 23 pages of photographs and texts in nearly half an hour video. In it, he claims to have been forced into his actions by mistreatment at the hands of non-specific individuals. His manifesto is as following: as a, is as followed. Oh, the happiness I could have had mingling amongst among you hedonists, being counted as one of you. Only if you didn't fuck the living shit out of me. You could have been great. I could have been great. Ask yourself what you did to me to have made me clean the slate. Only if you could... Be the victim of your reprehensive, reprehensible and wicked crimes, you Christian Nazis. You would have brute resisted the animal urges to fuck me. You could have, you could be at home right now eating your fucking caviar and fucking cognac, had not you ravishly raped my soul. Cho went to school with his guns and shot up his classrooms, shooting at the students and teachers. And at the end, he shot himself in the head. So in his manifesto, he expresses anger against hedonism and Christianity and a desire for revenge, but he never clearly states whom he wants to get revenge against. He even claims to be killing the wicked for the sake of the innocent. The attached photos showed Cho smiling at the camera like an ordinary college student, then disturbing images of hollow point bullets and Cho poise, posing menacing, menacingly with guns and other weapons. Police who reviewed the manifesto stated that the material held marginal value in helping to understand Cho's motives. One mental health expert often, these videos did not help us understand Cho. They distort him. He was meek. He was quiet. This is a PR tape of him trying to turn himself into a Quinn Tarantino character. NBC initially only released a limited amount of text, pictures, and videos from Cho's manifesto, claiming the unreleased material contained excessive profanity and violence. A glimpse of the material was caught by a blogger reviewing NBC footage 
of someone flipping a page of Cho's writings. It was April 16th when all this happened. He killed 32 people and injured several after wow. his actions before killing himself. 32 people? That's terrible. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 really, it's really awful. It was a, he was he was in a dark place. If only he had a, someone, somebody he could like you know lean on and talk to. So that is all I have for my case because it is very disturbing. Yeah, you know our stories, oddly enough, have some parallels. Like both of our subjects are very similar like a um immigrants to america of asian descent and also was very anti like what he felt society was doing wrong that's crazy that is i'm, I'm intrigued by this incel now well yeah let's get into that because this guy this guy this guy Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger and I know I'm going to say Rogers with an S like the whole rest of the time so apologies in advance it's just I just want to put an S on his last name for some reason <laughs> alright Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger was born July 24, 1991 in London, United Kingdom, and moved to Los Angeles, California with his parents when he was five years old. His father was British filmmaker Peter Roger, and his mother was a Malaysian Chinese research assistant for a film company. He had a younger sister that was born before his parents were divorced and after his father remarried he and his second wife had a son together now that's pretty much all of the basic information like his his manifesto goes into his childhood like okay I'm gonna be honest I read pretty much the entire manifesto and it's long it is quite long. Oh, wow. And I read it, not today, I read this like some years ago when I was at work and I was like in between calls and not so in between. It would be like, can you hold, let me check that out for you. And I was reading this manifesto because I was just so engrossed by just the stuff he was saying. He just had all these like delusions of grandeur and such a victim attitude of, about himself like I'm so great but the world hates me and I don't understand why like that type of thing but anyway Roger attended Crespi Carmelite High School an all-boys Catholic school in Encino, Los Angeles, and then Taft High School in Woodland Hills. By ninth grade, Roger was increasingly bullied 
and wrote later that he cried by himself at school every day. In one bullying incident, his head was taped to a desk while he was asleep. Now, these accusations of his head being taped to a desk and crying himself to sleep or crying at school every day are from his manifesto, so they possibly could be over-dramatized because a lot of his stuff did seem over-dramatized. Now, he developed an, an obsession with the multiplayer online game World of Warcraft, which dominated his life for most of his teenage years and briefly into his 20s. Have you ever played World of Warcraft? I personally have not, but um, I I know people who said they've sunk hundreds of hours into it and had to wean themselves off of it and don't play it any longer. Yeah, my brother Jay was like that, like a few years ago like maybe 10 or so years ago he was like obsessed him and his roommate were obsessed with world of warcraft and i just didn't get it i I just didn't understand the game but i mean hundreds of thousands of people play it so there must be something to it now uh he went on to graduate from Independence Continuation High School in Lake Balboa in 2009 and briefly attended Los Angeles Pierce College and Moore Park College before moving to Isla Vista in 2011 where he attended Santa Barbara City College better known as UCSB. According to his family attorney and a family friend, Roger had seen multiple therapists since he was eight years old, but the attorney said he had never been formally diagnosed with a mental illness. In 2007, he was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified, which is an autism spectrum disorder. Roger had a YouTube account and a blog titled Elliot Rogers, official blog through which he expressed loneliness and rejection but after turning 18 Roger began rejecting mental health care and became increasingly isolated he said that he was unable to make friends although acquaintances said that he rebuffed their attempts to be friendly family friend Dale Lawner met Roger when they were about eight or nine, Dale said that he had counseled Roger on how to approach women like as they got older, but Roger didn't follow his advice. And again, it seems like he just so badly wants to be the victim. Like, oh, nobody wants to be my friend, but then when people are nice to him, he turns away. Right, right, right. Or, you know, women don't like me, but when you're at when like somebody who's actually trying to be your friend offers you help, you don't follow it. So, you know, he just really had the a victim mentality. So here's a couple things that he did. In 2011, Roger threw coffee on a couple he was jealous of. Wait, what? And then <laughs> he threw coffee on a couple because he was jealous. Bro. In another incident, he splashed coffee on two girls for not smiling at him. 
He needs to stay away from coffee. They need to stop serving him coffee. Really? The, he's Him and this coffee is getting out of control. Well, this one is also pretty bad. In 2012, Roger used a super soaker filled with orange juice to spray a, a group playing kickball at Gersh Park. Because he was upset, they were all, ooh, friends, let's go play kickball. And he didn't have any friends, so he sprayed them all with a super soaker full of orange juice. Oh my gosh, this guy. Right. When referring to an incident in July 2013, Roger wrote that after being mocked at a party, he tried but failed to shove some girls over a 10-foot ledge. And instead, other boys pushed him over and his ankle was injured. First of all, why are you trying to push people off of a 10-foot ledge, girls or guys? And second, you deserve to be pushed over if that's what you were doing. Yeah. When he went back for his sunglasses, he again was mocked and beaten. A neighbor saw Roger come home crying and vowing to kill the men involved and then himself. He wrote in his manifesto that the incident was the final trigger for planning his attack. Now, in September 2012, Rogers Rogers visited a shooting range to practice firing handguns. Then in November 2012, he purchased his first handgun, a Glock 34 pistol, and in early 2013, he bought two additional handguns, both Sig Sauer P226 pistols. He purchased the weapons legally in Oxnard and Burbank, California. Now, we're going to jump to 2014. On April 30th, Rogers' parents contacted police after becoming alarmed by his behavior and YouTube videos. Sheriff deputies who visited Rogers determined that he did not meet the criteria criteria for an involuntary mental health commitment. Roger had told them that he had a misunderstanding with his parents. Now, in his last YouTube video, which was titled Elliot Rogers Retribution, he complained of being rejected by women and envying sexually attractive or sexually active men and described his planned attack and motives behind it. In the video, he says, Tomorrow's the day of retribution, the day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness and rejection and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Never. I appreciate that voice, and (laughs) I can totally imagine that like in a cartoon. (laughs) I'm going to read the rest in a normal voice, because this is just the vibe he gives me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. I am 22 years old and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've uh, I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that, actually, and I'm still a virgin. It has been very torturous. College is the time 
when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and pleasure within those years I've had to rot in loneliness it's not fair you girls have never been attracted to me I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me but I will punish you all for it it's an injustice a crime because I don't know what you don't see in me I'm the perfect guy and yet you throw yourselves at these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. Inside the mind of a maniac, for sure. So he, in his mind, he was just this perfect guy who never did anything wrong and women just hated him for no reason. But I am a hundred and seventy. 7.259% sure that he exhibited all these misogynistic tendencies and that's why women didn't like him. Right, right. I definitely could see that. Calling himself the supreme gentleman. Anyway, Roger wrote a 107,000 word manifesto called My Twisted World the story of Elliot Roger. He emailed the manifesto to 34 people, including his therapist, his parents, and other family, former teachers, and childhood friends. In it, he said he originally wanted to carry out the attack on Halloween of 2013, but reconsidered because he thought there would be too many police around. In the manifesto, he wrote that being of mixed race made him, quote, different from normal fully white kids. He said that he opposed interracial dating and made several racist posts regarding African-American, Hispanic, South Asian and East Asian people stating that men no, stating that seeing men of these ethnic groups socializing with white women, quote, makes you want to quit life. Yikes. Right. So even though he was a product of interracial relationships, he hated interracial relationships, which I don't understand. But I probably don't understand because like that class at the BAU for my FBI training is next week. So, you know, we just haven't gotten that far. Just haven't got that far yet. No, not yet. In an online post, Roger wrote, Full Asian men are disgustingly ugly and white girls would never go for you. You're just butthurt that you were born as an Asian piece of shit. So you lash out by link linking all these fake pictures. I think maybe he meant liking. I don't know. You even admit that you wish you were half white. You'll never be half white. And you'll never fulfill your dream of marrying a white woman. I suggest you jump off a bridge. Oh my so, gosh. It seems like even though he hated being half Asian and half white, he believed it made him superior to fully Asian men, but lesser than fully white men. Uh, he had a lot going on. A lot going on. That's crazy. Right. In his manifesto, he made a racist comment regarding a black guy while outlining some of the plans he had. So this is what he said. 
How can an inferior, ugly black boy be able to get a white girl and not me? I am beautiful and I'm half white myself. I'm descended from British aristocracy. He is descended from slaves. On the day before the day of retribution, <laughs> I will start the first phase of my vengeance, silently killing as many people I can around Isla Vista by luring them into my apartment through some form of trickery. The... No, no, no. Yes. He said he's from British aristocracy, and he should be the first choice of every white woman in the world. Like, where he had this, like, weird obsession with white women, I think. Like, he really did. It, it was, like, really weird. Now, a war on women was the second phase of his plan. The second phase will take place on the day of retribution itself, just before the climactic massacre, my war on women. I will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender. The hottest sorority of UCSB. Roger stated in his manifesto that in his ideal world, now follow me on this because I don't even see how, how this would come to fruition with what he wants. So in his ideal world, he imagined that he would quarantine all women in concentration camps. At these camps, the vast majority of the female population will be deliberately starved to death. That would be an efficient and fitting way to kill them off. He would have an enormous tower built just for himself and gleefully watch them all die. He also dreamed of a pure world where a man's mind can develop to greater heights than ever before. Future generations will live their lives free of having to worry about the barbarity of sex and women, which will enable them to expand their intelligence and advance the human race to a state of perfect civilization. Now, I don't know how there's going to be future generations if there's no sex because you still need women to make the babies. This guy has a really extreme strand of crack that he's been smoking. He has like a super deep-seated hatred for women, but it's like, why? Like his mother was not like abusive or anything, you know, it's like he didn't have this horrible childhood that he tried to paint out that he really like you know I don't know why he he hated women so much but he also planned to kill his half brother and stepmother who was Moroccan but he wasn't mentally prepared to kill his father which is weird because you can kill the innocent child and the Moroccan stepmother but your father who's making all these half British babies interracial babies you you can't kill him nope it seems like that would be the starting point but you know that's just me on May 23rd 2014 Roger began his attacks at his apartment 
on Seville Road where three men were killed by numerous stab wounds to their upper bodies. George Chen was 19, Chang Yuan James Hong was 20, and Wei Han David Wang was also 20. Their positions in the apartment suggested that each was killed separately as they entered the apartment. Two of the victims were confirmed to be Roger's roommates, according to an apartment lease, and the police were investigating whether the third was also a resident or just visiting um, the apartment complex on the night of the killings. After the stabbings, Roger went and purchased coffee, like his favorite beverage to throw on people, at a coffee shop. Then at around 8.30 p.m., he was seen working on his laptop in his car in the parking lot of his apartment building. He uploaded his retribution video at 9.17 and sent his manifesto email at 9.18. After receiving a copy of the manifesto, Roger's therapist phoned his mother, who contacted Roger's father after finding the retribution video on Roger's YouTube channel. They both left Los Angeles, but it was separately, and they headed for Santa Barbara, calling the Isla Vista police while they drove. Meanwhile, Roger drove to the Alpha Phi sorority house at Embarcadero del Norte and Segovia Road near UCSB, where he knocked on the front door and waited for a few minutes. Then he began shooting people nearby. Two women, Catherine Brianne Cooper, 22, and Veronica Elizabeth Weiss, 19, were killed and a third was injured. Roger began driving again. He fired into an unoccupied coffee shop on Pardell Road and then several times into a delicatessen. A man, Christopher Ross Michaels Martinez, 20, was struck seven times and killed. Oh my gosh. Roger drove south on Embarcadero del Norte on the wrong side of the street, striking a pedestrian and firing at but missing two people on the sidewalk. He shot at a couple exiting a pizzeria and a female cyclist. He drove south on El Embarcadero and shot at and missed a woman, turned east on Del Playa Drive and made a U-turn to drive west, then exchanged fire with a sheriff's deputy responding to a telephone call reporting this and he struck two pedestrians in the process. Turning north on Camino del Sur, Roger shot and wounded three people at Sabado Tarde Street and also struck a skateboarder and two cyclists with his car. Turning east on Sabado Tarde, he struck another skateboarder with his car and shot two other men at the intersection with Camino Pescadero. This is insane right now. It really is. On Sabado Tarde, near Little Acorn Park, Roger exchanged gunfire with three sheriff's deputies and was shot in the hip. Being pursued by the police, he turned south again on El Embarcadero, then west on Del Playa, 
struck a cyclist, then crashed on the sidewalk just east of the intersection of Del Playa and Camino Pescadero. All six murder victims were students at UCSB. 14 other people were injured, seven from gunshot wounds, and seven by blunt trauma sustained when Roger struck him with his vehicle. 11 of the injured people ended up in the hospital. Oh my gosh. At 9.35 p.m., Roger was found dead inside his car from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. In the car were three pistols, knives, six empty 10-round magazines, and 548 rounds of unspent ammunition. 548? Yes. Oh, my goodness. He really planned on trying to kill as many people as he could. And it's sad that, you know, he killed six innocent, like, young people who were just, like, minding their business throughout the night. Like, two were his roommates. And then everybody else was just, like, random targets. And that's terrible. Like, I feel horrible. Like, these, you know, young people were just out at college, like, living a normal college life and were tragically killed by this varicose dick vein it is is really 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 upsetting yeah so his manifesto is still online if anybody is interested in reading it like I said I was riveted for a while I will not lie It, it was interesting but you could tell he was just making stuff up or just piling on the dramatics to make things seem way worse than they really were. But in his head, he was like an innocent victim of all this hate that was unnecessary. And it's just, it's crazy. Like his parents did try to get him help and he just refused at a point and he was 18. So what could they do? Right, right. So it's sad, like he hurt all those people, killed six people, and then killed himself. So this was all pointless, just completely pointless. This freaking guy, man. Right, so now you should definitely look into the world of incels, because they are pretty much parallel to this guy. Maybe not to this extreme, but this is how they think. Well, anyone that thinks that that they are amazing and should be loved, but they aren't, they obviously are presenting themselves the wrong way. Yeah, and it's like, there's so many options, like, to get sex if that's what you want. Like, you can pay somebody for the girlfriend experience. Just get a hooker. Jeez. Sex worker. Here to hear first, people. Just get a hooker. I mean, seriously, why is it doesn't seem that hard. I mean, I'm sure they're probably going after females that are so far out of their league 
or either already with somebody that they just think they're better than the person they're with and oh she's an evil bitch because she won't even give me a chance because she's with that jock and I'm so much better than him but she won't give me a chance so it's her fault like no find somebody who's already single yeah you can't you can't like be upset because someone's with someone else before they even knew you existed right like it's just it's just a weird train of thought to me like you know I understand like having a crush or whatever but it's like at a point you have to be realistic and I just think these these incels that they like to call themselves just don't live in a realistic world nobody owes you anything nobody owes you sex nobody owes you that nobody owes you love like outside of your family nobody owes you that no uh uh-uh So, well, how are you going to bring this back up? Well, I was trying to find some good news while you were speaking, but you would not believe how hard that is to find. I believe it. We are in like mid-July 2020, and this has been a rough seven months. Um, I hear there's a a new good show on Netflix, though, like Un- Missing Encounters. Something you like know that. what was really good that is true crimey, and I just could not stop watching it was what? the Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich documentary. Really? It was so ridiculous like the levels of just sleaze and pedophilia and all the stuff that he got away with for so many years it was just ridiculous like people were reporting him as far back as 2006 oh wow and he just was getting away with stuff left and right But that was, like, riveting. Like, okay, it was on a scale of one to Tiger King, it was a definite four. (laughs) All right, 50 Rich. Yeah. Okay, okay. It was crazy. It was a wild ride. So, if you are not very sensitive to that type of thing watch that documentary on Netflix because it's good a lot of the victims were like giving interviews so it wasn't like a lot of you know like people who had been involved were saying oh no I'm just oh innocent and he was doing all this by himself it was like the actual girls who it happened to were saying like how they got involved like how he was propositioning them like he had other young girls finding their friends and bringing them and it was like a pyramid like you bring some friends and I'll pay you and I'll pay them and then they bring some friends and I'll pay them and I'll pay them like 
it was cra- it was crazy. But they well, like, right, really yeah. told their stories, and it was it was you know terrible, but not graphic. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Well, that's good. I don't want to see any graphic pedophilia, if that's a word. I think you might have added some extra letters, but mm-hmm. that's okay, because the British do it with aluminum foil, so. Aluminium. There's not another N in that word. <laughs> Spell it right, people. I mean, if they're the English and they did, like, you know, make English, then, you know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. They are putting an extra N in that word. There's no N at the end. Our analytics are going to show a decrease in United (laughs) Kingdom listeners if you keep on with this. There's no extra N in aluminum. There's no neum. Just num. Just num. Okay. Just num. Like ice on the wound. Yes, that's ice. It's so simple, and they make it hard. <laughs> but their accents are very cute, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> Congratulations, UK. Key will let it slide this time. Oh, yeah. I'll let you it watch slide yourselves. Now. Start adding letters to other words, and we're going to have a problem. <laughs> oh. Anyway, before we lose all of Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Don't leave us, UK, please. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to We Shouldn't Talk About This. I'm V. And I'm Key. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.